0: Welcome. Welcome in to Sports Talk Chicago. All gas, no brakes. If you're looking for the same old Sports Talk.
1: Get out! (laughs) You've come to the wrong place. Hey, we ain't come this far just to come this far, you hear me? I tell you what I see, I tell you the truth. We going hard today. We're fearless, bold, and highly opinionated. This air show. This show is so hot right now. The biggest guests, the
0: hottest takes, and the best interviews live right here. Do you actually remind me of Dan Patrick? Because you ask great questions. You have the knack. You have the gift. On Sports Talk Chicago. Yo, Chicago. Here's your host guys an absolute stud. John Zagluel
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome into Sports Talk Chicago. Great to see all of you here with us across our great TV and radio affiliates. Across Illinois and Indiana, WJOB, AM 1230, TV, Cities 92.9, Talk FM, ACTV, 105.5, the ticket, and WKAN. I'm John Zagluo. John Meadows is directing and producing. You can follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. 18,000-plus subscribers. Would love to have you be a part of the community there. And hit the like button on the videos that we put out as well so much going on in bears world they had a big day here today and we have a huge guest here to break everything down with us he is a sports radio legend he's the host of danny mac's friday tailgate on wjob one of our affiliates and the host of the danny mac podcast please welcome the legend Dan McNeil to the program. Dan, always great to see you. How are you? John, good to be
0: here. Thank goodness we have plenty of news to hash through from today's news conference.
1: Ryan and Matt, number two, the second Ryan and Matt in charge of the Bears. (laughs) So what did you make when you heard about the news that Matt Eberpluss is going to stay, but Luke Getze is the one who gets fired? Yeah,
0: I thought that was as predictable as the day is long. It's like a hitting coach after a season when a team doesn't make the playoffs and it was supposed to. He's the guy who's responsible for all of it. In this case, however, Getze probably had this coming. I thought he got smarter as the year went on, but I was unimpressed by his body of work. That did not surprise me. Eberflus retaining his job did not surprise surprise me. And I don't think we have any clarity yet on Justin Fields. I think a lot of people drew conclusions from today's news conference. I did not. And polls also left the idea, which I find the most interesting thing that was said. He didn't dismiss the notion of drafting a quarterback and keeping Justin Fields. Wouldn't that make for an interesting August?
1: What do you think the Bears should do at the quarterback position now that this has already occurred? I'd punt.
0: I've seen enough. I think he progressed a ton. I think he's easy to root for. He's an exciting player. Justin Fields is a video game. He is incredible with the ball in his hands. He's Devin Hester, and he gets the ball in his hands a ton. But he hasn't grown enough as a passer. He hasn't put enough points on the board. One of their two division wins, uh, three division wins. know uh, I'm sorry, just two division wins. They didn't show up on opening day. Uh, <laughs> they didn't score a touchdown. And Fields is the most culpable player in the game they lost to the Lions when they were leading with 3.53 remaining. They were up by, by two scores. And he's the reason, the biggest reason they didn't, uh, they didn't win that game. So I've seen enough. I would rather see them go in another direction at quarterback.
1: So how would that work though, too? Because if they go with another quarterback, you got Matt Eberflus staying, presumably a new offensive coordinator and an offensive staff. What if it doesn't work out? And then Matt Eberflus is fired. Then we're back in you know, 2021, where it was kind of a lame duck situation with Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, and Justin Fields. I think you know that's going to be the interesting thing uh,
0: to see what they decide to do with the quarterback. Because if you change. You are resetting, and you're also potentially turning off high level candidates down the road if you don't draft the player he most wants to work with. And I was surprised that Pauls was so dismissive today of Jim Harbaugh. I thought that situ- I thought that was going to play out a little bit longer, but when he said. He has not talked to Jim Harbaugh. I was I was surprised by that, and it doesn't appear that there's any plan to talk to the former Bears quarterback. I, I'd get him if I could. Um, I don't know if he's the answer, but I, I don't like what I've seen from Matt Eberflus in two seasons.
1: I don't know if you could explain this to me, but what do you think Ryan Pohl sees in Matt Eberflus, so much to the point that he wouldn't even contact Jim Harbaugh?
0: Yeah, I think he's he's very protective of the vibe in that locker room, and maybe he'll grow into not being so protective of it. And he hinted with that uh, to that about some other topics today, growing into a comfort level. You got to all remember, he's only a second year general manager. This will be his third draft coming up. I he pointed several times to the team having resolved during the season. And not giving up. And those things are true. They had a terrible start, and then they won seven games in their in their back 13. They were better than they were bad. But who did they really beat? They beat the commanders. They beat the Raiders when the Raiders were still being coached by Josh McDaniels, and they were they didn't <laughs> show up that day. They they played the Vikings twice without Justin Jefferson. Yes, the defense. Oh, and not to mention they beat Carolina too. Let's put that feather in their cap. <laughs> But there was improvement. I think there's reasons to be encouraged by how far they've come defensively. It all seemed to change when Montez Sweat was acquired. That was a big move.
1: I would agree with you. I think personnel-wise, they're moving in the right direction. Do you think that overshadows any changes or weirdness going on with quarterback and the offensive staff going into next year?
0: I think it's unfortunate You've got a a quarterback working with yet another. uh, It'll be his third guy in four years, uh, whoever the successor is, to Luke Getze. And I I have no insight as to who that might be. I, I hope it's somebody who is willing to work with the talent that's in the room and not force feed his system on the guys who already are assembled. I think that's a, a problem a lot of young coaches in particular have. I, you know, I, I think Ryan Paul said something really true today. The job is very appealing to a coordinator on either side. Whether you're going to, if you're an offensive coordinator candidate, you got DJ Moore, you got the one in the nine, you have two decent young tackles. One who could be very good in Darnell Wright, and I think Braxton Jones has been okay. They need help in the middle. They got a good tight end. You got the one and the nine. That's appealing to everybody. And the defense, as much as they came on the second half, that looks good to a would-be defensive coordinator too. And, again, they have draft capital, and they have uh, they have money in free agency.
1: How do you think the new OC, whoever it's going to be, is going to approach this situation? I mean, I, I don't think they're going to know when they're hired, if it's going to be Caleb Williams or Justin Fields, et cetera. So how do you think the Bears and this offensive coordinator should approach this situation? It's, it's just it's really on right now with not much clarity, as you had said earlier.
0: Yeah, it, it is. It, you know, it's like, do you want the job if you're, if you're an offensive coordinator and don't know who you're going to be working with? Maybe not. And you have to do a lot of reading of tea leaves in your conversations with the management team about what its intentions are. Uh, I, I think those conversations probably would have to be really, really candid and they would have to, they would have to give the confidence to their top two or three guys and share with them what their plans are. And if a guy's got cold feet about a candidate, then it's it, it's the deal's off. There's there's no reason for them to pursue a relationship if they're not on the same page with whichever college player they like.
1: How similar do you think this is, Dan? To I'm thinking maybe Philip Rivers and the Chargers situation. Philip Rivers and Drew Brees. I mean, you have somebody here who's played for three years. There's a lot of contentious debate on whether or not he's the guy. You also have the number one pick. I don't think he's the guy. That's just me, but. I mean, is there is this similar to something like that? It's been going on since I've been watching Bears games. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. Uh, the You know, the, this is uh, I don't remember. There was no sports talk in 1969. The first Bears season. I remember, John, and they went one and 13 that year. That's with Gale Sayers and Dick Butkus on the roster. They went 1-13. There wasn't much quarterback controversy amidst all those losses, but the Bears have never been settled at the quarterback other than their short time when Jim McMahon was healthy in the early to mid flirting with the late 80s. That didn't last real long. He's probably the best quarterback they had in terms of what he brought to the team as a whole Jay Cutler was the most talented, but even near the end, of, while nobody was crying for his backup, they certainly weren't pleased with with Cutler. That's a Bears tradition, and the only traditions worth keeping are winning ones, in my opinion. Let's lose the bad quarterback tradition. Here's a little nugget for you. Eric Kramer, who holds the Bears passing record for yards in one season, threw for 3,838 yards. It's real easy to remember, 3838. No Bears passer has exceeded that in one year. Seven times in Kirk Cousins' career, he has exceeded 4,000 yards. Now, we mock Kirk Cousins in Chicago on occasion. We don't think, I don't think a lot of people think he's a winner. They think he's above average. They think he's not going to get you killed, but he's not going to lead you to the title. And he's had seven
1: seasons <laughs> that are better than the best in Bears history on paper. And I don't know, Dan, if you heard this too, but I heard a lot of mockery, even of Jordan Love uh, this past week, and, oh, he's, you know, bad team or not that great of a game. I, I heard people say that, and yet Jordan Love this year in essentially his rookie season Had 4,000 plus passing yards and 30 touchdowns. That would have been the best season in Bears quarterback history if he did that here in Chicago.
0: Yes. And you're (laughs) right. It felt like he was a rookie. He's in his third year. It's the first time he's had the team. And he looked like he knew what he was doing for the first three games of the year. (laughs) Then he hit a little bit of the skids, weeks four, five, and six. He wasn't very good, but he has recovered. He looks like a better quarterback. He was the one this past Sunday who looked like he was in his third year as a starter, not Justin Fields. It was juxtaposed. He was quick to get rid of the ball. He moved well. He keeps his eyes moving. And again, I think Fields has made some market progress, but got no touchdowns against the divisional opponent. That's That's not
1: satisfactory. Got Dan McNeil here with us on Sports Talk Chicago, host of Danny Mac's Friday Tailgate on WJOB, the Danny Mac podcast, and of course, a sports radio legend. So, Dan, the offseason is going to continue for the Bears in this position. What are they going to do next? they got to find themselves a center
0: in free agency once that opens up. I think that's one of the biggest priorities on the team. I'd like to see them add another pass rusher. I know I'm maybe that'll come in the draft. Maybe they'll find somebody not necessarily with one or nine. And I think there's a real good chance. Based on his short history, Ryan Poles will deal and maybe try to get some additional picks out of one of those two picks. Um, they need a running back too. I I'm the only one talking about this. Khalil Herbert posted some really good numbers in weeks 16 and 17, and then they didn't do anything last week. But he's a plotter to me, and I'm not knocked out by Roshan Johnson. I know he was a rookie, but I don't know what the future of this team is at running back, and you're not going to draft a guy high at running back. I understand the era in which they're playing pro football, but I think they need to at least look for some help via free agency, maybe find a new Deontay Foreman for
1: next year why didn't they keep david montgomery and maybe this is antiquated and something that shouldn't be said but i'll tell you two years ten billion dollars is all that the lions gave him and he had a thousand yard season in detroit splitting carries is there i mean why didn't they keep him if they need a running back so bad now that's a great question i i i would
0: have paid him i thought he was a real tough kid and i thought he never really got an opportunity to be a showcase running back here um And the you know I mean there was one one of Matt Nagy's believe yeah it was it was the rookie (laughs) year of David David Montgomery when Matt Nagy said carried they had seven rushes and a loss to the Saints at home that was the one that the the game that prompted the I'm not an idiot uh, soundbite from Matt Nagy Montgomery just didn't get enough opportunities here I thought he was always very tough he's pretty durable. And he played like a guy who, who had something to prove this year for the Lions. He was very good. The Bears probably should have hung on to him. But in this era, they treat those guys like livestock. Running backs do not have, do not have the same rights as the other positional players.
1: On a side note, what do you think of Matt Nagy and his uh, offensive performance this year in Kansas City? i reminiscent of uh, Chicago stuff, right? Man, the Chiefs <laughs> just don't look good. And I thought for a while they were
0: just bored. I thought maybe they're just playing down to the level of competition. They've got a really good defense nobody talks about because it's all about Patrick Mahomes. And I, I understand that. And uh, Taylor Swift, too. But um, – <laughs> Yeah, Kansas City, I would not bet on them this postseason. I don't think I'd bet against them because Patrick Mahomes still can cut your heart out, but I certainly wouldn't put my money on them. There's only really one or two teams that I find to be really trustworthy. How about you? I mean, is there anybody other than Baltimore or San Francisco that jumps out to you and says, yeah, I'm going to be taking a confetti shower come February?
1: There have been too many upsets and there have been too many weaknesses exposed for all these other teams. I mean, look at Miami, the collapse they've had. I read a report the other day, Dan, that if Miami loses uh, their first game of the playoffs, Mike McDaniel is going to be fired. I don't know if that's true or not, but Miami has been topsy-turvy. The Bills have turned it on late, but they were bad early on. Even the Eagles, uh, I think, lost way too many games, and Jalen Hurts has had such a tough follow-up from last year's up to the MVP finish so I mean I'm with you it doesn't seem like there's a sure thing this year in the NFL playoffs yeah the Eagles have lost five of their last six games they don't look good at all and Hurts has been
0: a big part of that they're not getting after the quarterback and they're not tackling other than that they're playing just fine the Dolphins have to come into cold weather too that's going to be a problem for Miami I've wondered if they're one of those teams that's uh, really fun to watch when it's when it's hot out and the sun is shining and then when they get in a cold weather game or they get in a street fight, they may not prevail. And I think that's going to be a tough putt for Miami this weekend, which is too bad because I I find them to be as entertaining as anybody offensively this year.
1: Got Dan McNeil still with us on Sports Talk Chicago. Dan, a few more questions before we finish up here. First off, the Friday tailgate still on WJOB. How's that been going?
0: Ah, terrific. Noon to two on Friday afternoons, and they're nice enough to replay the show on Friday nights between five and seven and again, Saturday mornings. Uh, so it's going well. I we're into our third year of doing this already. You know, it's a little bit of a challenge once football season ends, but it's only a two hour show every week. So I think I can muscle up enough thoughtage, especially (laughs) with another interesting off season for the bears ahead.
1: And what about the Danny Mac podcast, too, with Ben Revers? Obviously, I I see your posts every week. You're recording regularly, and it seems like a lot of people are tuning in.
0: Yeah, I hope so. Uh, The Danny Mac (laughs) podcast, it's free. Like most podcasts are, they're free. And uh, we've been adding some guests to the mix this football season. That was something we didn't do the first year of the podcast. Now we're in year number two. We're adding some guests to it, and we're – toying with some ideas to make it interactive, John, too, although I'd, I'd like to find a way to do that without actually just taking live phone calls because I don't know if anybody, whether they're listening to Terrestrial, your podcast, my, wants to hear Mike in Oak Park one more time <laughs> say, yes, I think they screwed up not firing Matt Eberfly. It just doesn't add much to it, but I'd like it to be interactive in some way. Maybe we'll record some some callers some listeners who want to comment
1: let me ask you this dan before we finish up last question and this might be a little bit outside of what we were talking about today but if you could think of something here what's one of your best moments that you've had in radio the best moments
0: um all right the bulls are honoring this is going to surprise you. I start with basketball, right? <laughs> the Bulls are honoring the 72-10 and 10 team this week, right? Yes. That team in 95-96 finished, uh, finished the year uh, with a NBA Finals victory over Seattle. And I was in Seattle with the score. Uh, they were nice enough to send the afternoon show out there. And Dan Patrick and I had struck up a friendship for several years and Dan Patrick and Brent Musburger, Mike Tirico, Terry Bors, my air partner, my producer, and a few behind-the-scenes big shots at ESPN, we were closing the hotel bar, and I was doing an impersonation of Chet Kopic, who they all had known. And I was still not feeling, John, like I belonged. I was 35 years old almost, but I still was not like, you know, Man, I'm, I'm hanging with these guys and they see. I had the entire audience on the floor holding their bellies. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's Brent Musburger. This damn band. And Tariko wasn't huge yet in '96, but he was, he you could tell his star was on the ascent. And I'm like, wow, I belong. I went to bed la- that night feeling very, very good about myself and my comedic chops and inner, inner ability to imitate Chet Kopic. It was worth
1: something anyway. (laughs) Dan, thank you so much for joining. You certainly belong. Obviously, sports radio legend. You've been in the business 30-plus years. And for everybody uh, tuning in, listen to the Danny Mac Friday Tale, get WJOB, the Danny Mac Podcast, wherever you get your podcast, Dan, uh, always enjoy it and looking forward to the next time we chat as well.
0: Thanks, John. I am
1: too. Keep going strong, buddy. You're doing great. Thank you so much. We're going to be right back here on Sports Talk Chicago. Tons of bear stuff to discuss. Don't go anywhere.